You're tuning in to the TV Campfire with Caitlin McFarland and Emily Gibson, co-founders and co-executive directors of ATX Television Festival, aka TV Camp for Grownups. This episode is part of our series of special releases recorded live at ATX Season 7. To hear our original The TV Campfire series, please scroll down to episodes 1 through 5. This is the fifth episode of the Syndication Project track that was live at ATX Festival Season 7. The Syndication Project's mission is advocacy through storytelling, and we believe that can happen in a number of ways. But for the LGBTQIA audience, it might be at the forefront. Every year, we host a panel spotlighting LGBTQIA issues, and this year was no different. The panel that we're releasing today is called Breaking Down the Binary, and it ultimately is for all viewers. TV has been a long medium of binaries. In terms of representation, you see male or female, gay or straight, cisgendered or transgendered. But in the past few years, we've seen a swell of characters that just aren't so easily identified. And we wanted to talk about what those groups were, how they're being represented, those that don't know what they are, how to like learn from that, those that need to see themselves represented on television, from teen soaps to cable dramedies. The spectrum of visibility has grown to include non-binary characters who are more in tune with the viewers they represent and less the product of tropes and stereotypes. As you start to listen, you're gonna notice a little bit of editing. There was a disruption that happened at the beginning of this panel. We know some of these subjects are more sensitive than others and that there are people in this world that oppose equality for all. As the panel was starting, there was a protester in the audience who had to be escorted out. While it was definitely emotional for all involved, the panelists were amazing and continued to have an inspiring conversation that we could not have been prouder to host. As I said to the attendees that morning, the person that caused the disturbance does not represent the beliefs and values of ATX Festival and his actions were unacceptable. We celebrate all walks of life, all stories, and all people, no matter how they identify. And we will continue to have these conversations because it really is the heart of what we believe. There's power in story to open hearts and minds, to foster compassion and create understanding because we believe stories can truly unite people. I think what I really ultimately liked about this panel beyond being proud to host the conversation that we set out to to host, it, it happened, we succeeded in that, was because this person did his disturbance at the beginning of the panel. It felt at first like this tragedy had sort of happened and that we had been derailed and that the conversation we wanted to have wasn't going to get heard. But what happened was the exact opposite of what his goal was, is everyone in that audience and on that stage was bonded from that moment on and got to not only recover, but really break open the conversation in a way that was exactly the point of why we wanted to have it. So I'm just so proud that we had this conversation and where it actually took us. Uh, so we hope you enjoy this conversation, this very inspiring conversation, Breaking Down the Binary, presented by The Syndication Project. And I'm going to go ahead and bring out our host slash moderator, Cameron Esposito. I sit in the little chair because I'm very much short. So I said, get me the shortest chair. <laughs> I want to be beneath them. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here at noon on a, what I believe might be a Friday, is it? Yeah. Is today a Friday? Well, I'm already nailing it. Um, 
I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm going to be moderating this. I am told. Uh, <laughs> so glad to be doing it. Um, wow, and you're really just meeting me on a great day when it is air-conditioned enough for me to be wearing this jacket. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and also where I had the opportunity to see Oceans 8 last night. So just like, it's like kind of a great, just like kind of a great day for me. Um, but I do want to also welcome our, we have three great panelists who are going to join me up here and then they are going to introduce themselves, which is something I think is really important when you're talking about representation, breaking the binary. I think it's great for people to say their own names, introduce themselves, and talk about how they identify. So let's welcome our panelists right now. They are gonna sit, I believe, on this couch, unless somebody wants to sit in that weird end chair. <laughs> Get out here, panel. Hi. How is Hello. how's the couch, friends? It's cute. It's, it's nice. It's pretty great. My it's chair nice is kind of slidey, to be it's, honest. Um, so I'm really going to have to do slidey. some core work to stay upright. <laughs> Come on, core. <laughs> which is fine, which is great. Um, what I just said to this wonderful room of people who I think don't work um, because, it's, <laughs> because it is a work day. <laughs> um, so the, the, what I just said to this uh, group of independently wealthy folks is that <laughs> I was going to have y'all introduce yourselves. So would you like to start? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Nico Tortorella. Um, I'm a human being most of the time. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. Uh, all pronouns are welcome, but I like they's and thems. Um, and I could talk about myself for a long time. I usually do. So I'm just going to pass this on <laughs> Actually, over. Actually, Nico, would you, would you real quick just say um, like some stuff that you're working on right now too? Yeah, I'm on the television show uh, called Younger. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I just very casually brought this on stage with me. I just wrote my first book. Uh, it's called All of It Is You. It's a collection of poetry. Um, I have a show tomorrow night, actually, which I'll plug later. Um, and I don't know. There's always a slew of other things. You did a great job. Thanks. That was, that was a perfect. All right, I'm yeah, that was a perfect amount of things. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Moving along to great. a stranger. Yep. <laughs> it's great to meet you for the first time it's in my entire nice life. To meet you. Hello. Uh, my name is Ria Butcher. Um, I also use they/them pronouns. All pronouns are welcome, but they/them seems to be the easiest. Although, as soon as I chose to use they them pronouns literally everyone calls me she now more than they ever have my entire life so that's how that works people across the street are like ma'am have a great day ma'am what a lovely woman you are come on into this bathroom it's for you are you filming me? <laughs> one more. We I'm just need one taking more. a photo. You, you just all looked cute and happy. Everybody looked happy, and it was just a nice moment. Yeah. And I just didn't want it to pass a spy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I also made the television show Take My Wife with you. Um, and we are actual real live wives. And we are real live wives. Yes. Real live. So that's me. Hi. Uh, my name is Aisha D. Uh, I uh, am a human being also, would you believe? I identify as straight, uh, and I'm from Australia. And oh, and I do this show called The Bold Type. Huh. Huh. Oh, 
Oh, that's I, cool. I wasn't sure if anyone would know what it was. I was like, it's, you don't well, know it. I think it. your show is very popular. Do you not know that? Um, I've been on a lot of canceled shows. Yeah, no. This um, one is going great. It's, I have a job and I pay my rent every month. That's incredible. Can you believe? It's amazing. And not only, I just wanted to also point out that all the shows that we've talked about Younger and Take My Wife, The Bold Type, all have queer representation in them. Um, and so that's also just like a cool thing to notice and mention uh, because you really shouldn't make anything without queer representation in it. In fact, it, you know, I mean, I was going to make a joke about eliminating straight representation altogether, <laughs> but that was a joke and I didn't mean it. Um, the topic of this panel, which I'm reading on the back of this. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> is breaking the binary. I guess I just wanted to... Oh, actually, it's breaking down the you're right. binary. No, you're right. Breaking down the binary. Yes. I, you're right. There is the word down there. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I want to... Maybe I'll start by saying what... Well, actually, I would love to hear from you even what you think that means. Uh, because I feel like this is something that we're hearing all the time right now. And I don't know if everybody fully understands what we're talking about, if even just the word binary. Um, so would anybody here like to take a stab at talking about what breaking down the binary might mean? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, as a non-binary person, um, you know, the binary, I think that we're talking about here, uh, isn't just one thing. It's many things because we're human beings and we like things to be one way or the other. And then it's very, like, simple. Um, and it's interesting to me to talk about the binary in the context of television because when you think about, like, even just sitcoms, um, it's reinforced or established the binary. The heteronormative, um, you know, there are two genders uh, binary of it all, the woman and man, and there is nothing else, but there's, you know, 20 million kinds of cars and stuff like that. Um <laughs> It's interesting to talk about it in TV because not only is it, it's like archetypes, right? That makes sense. But then they also get put into this binary of like, well, this is how women are and men are neutral. Um, so it's interesting to me to then, you know, we're talking about shows that are kind of doing the opposite of that or just not doing that at all, you know, like taking that and changing it and um, influencing it in a, in a more contemporary lens. Yeah. And I, I think it far transcends just the binary of gender too, right? I think that especially on television and in this industry, like we've been told that a show or a movie is supposed to look one specific way. And it's been a very white, very straight way for so long. And now that there's more visibility happening more, um, you know, like we're still told this is an Asian show. This is a black show. This is a white show. This is a gay show. This is a lesbian show. And I think for me, the binary is is about creating shows that are about everyone for everyone. You know, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that something that's happening right now is that we are being given the opportunity, all of us, to go and support shows and movies that actually look like our real world um shows and movies where there isn't like a group of like 10 white friends who have just like one black friend why is i was that why one is black, that friend. black friend <laughs> many times i see you uh, i mean i again i'm a white person but i guess i feel like black people might know each other 
And so it's possible that there would be, yeah, it's it's possible there would even be a circle of friends where there's more than one (laughs) non-white, one person of color. Um, But yeah, we're we're getting the the opportunity to support. I think that what we're also seeing is that, you know, there really is a hunger for more, for more types of stories. Again, this has been, we're, we're kind of riding the, the wave of shows of movies like Girls Trip and and Black Panther, and we're writing um, all of these shows up here that we all act on are shows that maybe in the past would not have been um, considered not yes yeah, celebrated or considered like in the normative pantheon of shows. Like they would have been like, oh my god, my so-called life, the first show that has this kind of thing going on. And so now this is a, a new we're living in new norms. Um, and I guess I just wanted to ask. Uh, well, actually, can I ask, like, what does it feel like to maybe be working now as a, since you just said that that is your past experience? I mean, I've noticed a huge change in the past couple of years. Uh, we're seeing television and movies that are reflecting our world more. And I think it works both ways because these television and movies, they're also sparking conversation in the real world. And they're pushing us to explore different parts of ourselves and not just see, you know, if, if you're a woman, you can say, oh, no, I, I want to be the breadwinner and I want to be in charge of, you know, where I go in my life. And and uh, the same thing for men. Like, you, you don't have to be what everyone has told you your whole life you have to be. You have to play with trucks and you have to play with dolls and you get the Lego and you don't, you know? Uh, and I think it's working both ways and that these these things that we're watching are sparking a conversation with us and we're also seeing ourselves represented more, which is so hugely important. I mean, it's why I do what I do. I would watch like Cleopatra Jones and Coffee and any Pam Greer movie and I'd be like, oh my God! gonna do that like you know like that was it made me feel powerful and and I want to be a part of things that make other people feel powerful and seen and represented and uh represented in a multitude of ways I think that's such a great point and I mean really when the queering and I'm just using that word to like you know the queering and then and the breaking down of binary like that that affects everybody right that's really what you're saying so folks that identify as cisgender which I do or folks that identify as straight like it just kind of creates more space which really I mean when we're talking about the realities of what's happening right now in our country it's I mean I think it's possible that that could be used as a method of like violence reduction if we have to spend less time patrolling ourselves and being angry with ourselves and bottling up how we feel that we've failed this thing that it turns out you don't have to be then it it can really um like just it just takes so much of the pressure off right you don't have so much bubbling up inside of you it enables us to explore ourselves more you know my sexuality has been evolving ever since I knew I had a sexuality you know and I think that that's true for most people I think everyone's journey is different but but you you live more years you spend on the earth the more you discover about yourself and if if you are able to have conversations and feel uh safe you know you're able to discover different parts of yourself and and you you don't have to feel like it's bad unfortunately we live in a society where you're assumed to be straight cisgendered until proven otherwise you know instead of given the space and you know hopefully we'll get there one day absolutely Rhea. i just have a question for you mm-hmm. and then nico I, I wonder if this also applies i know personally i just i know that when you made take my wife um that you didn't use they pronouns mm-hmm. and you identified more or at least publicly more as a woman mm-hmm. um and i'm wondering like what that experience is like 
um, you know, having something so publicly available and then trying to sort of redirect people to see you more. Um, and if you could speak to that at all. Well, I mean, I think the thing is, because um, it's kind of like what we were saying up top, what Nico was also saying is that um, I'm like a more of an all pronouns person because that's what everybody says anyway. So I might as well go with that. But also it just feels accurate. It doesn't feel strange to me really to hear either. Um, <clears throat> but I also view like, um, like Asha was kind of saying, it's my identity, my existence is an evolution of and a collection of many things. And so it's over the course of a lifetime. And to me, it's like rings on a tree. You know, like you don't, I haven't gone like, oh, I'm, I'm this. So I'm not any of that anymore. Like, it just feels like a collection of things. So like, it doesn't, I don't watch take my wife and go, oh, that's weird that I'm calling myself a woman because I also feel like a woman, <laughs> you know, because I like have grown up uh, as a woman and then been treated as a woman and understood the world through, uh, you know, the words of women. And, and I also still identify with women politically. So it's like, it makes a lot of sense to me, but I can understand how it would be confusing externally because people are going, wait, what? And um, that's kind of like what, I don't know, what I'm trying to express is that like, it is okay. I'm not saying that, you know, purposeful misgendering is is not okay, but accidental misgendering with the intention of respect is never going to be a problem to me, you know? So like having that timeline of of a TV show where I'm talking about those things from that perspective and then the next set of things I do is from a different perspective, I think is just creating a sort of, I don't know, encyclopedia of existence a little bit. What a smart person. <laughs> and Nico, not to like, just be like, and also other, yeah. Not, but yeah. I, I guess I wanted to know if you have anything to add to that from yeah. your personal experience. Well, I think firstly, I want to say that um, I think as a movement of social justice, right? We as humans tend to get caught up in the language, right? Rather than the cause and effect. And I mean, I'm a writer, I'm a poet, I'm obsessed with with words and and the words that are chosen to to communicate ourselves to other people, right? And I have just recently started using they them pronouns in my life. And for me, it's about, you know, I've always felt like maybe I didn't have a place in the non-binary space because of what I look like, because of how people know me. And it was like a struggle to come to terms with like, okay, no, actually non-binary means I'm not this or not that, right? I can create my own version of it. And for me, it's all about this division, right? It, that f goes far past gender. It, it's this or that, right? And they, them pronouns celebrate this oneness, that is this like divine frequency of love that runs through all of us. And he, sh he, him pronouns, she, her pronouns in one way or another can tend to be divisive. And it's about that separation. And like, I'm just in a point in my life where I, 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 I am like looking at this singularity as this reach that maybe is not that far away. And if I can be this like physical representation, this manifestation of of the process and the journey rather than the destination, um, I'm doing my own job. I don't know if that made sense at the end there, but um, I love that. Yeah, I think that just needs to be celebrated more. Like Absolutely. it's not about the destination all the time, and, and we 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 talk about it and we plan it so much and we put so much weight on like 
the end result and like what the fuck does that even mean (laughs) really we get the end result the moment that we come into this world of being she or he you know and so like why would we start that so early (laughs) you know like it's you're talking about it as a journey like basically that's like well that's done (laughs) like you just got here and you're still uh but like uh leslie feinberg says uh gender is the poetry that we create with the words the language we've been given and i think that's that's absolutely what you're getting at beautiful way of thinking thank you and and the baby thing too right like it's biologic fact it's scientific fact that intersex babies are born the same number as redheads on this planet. One in like 2000 are born somewhere in between male and female. And come on, I and LGBTQIA, like nobody's really talking about that. And it's so important to this conversation that it's not just external organs, it's internal organs, it's hormone receptors, it's chromosome makeup. Most of these things are never tested for, right? And it's just like such an important part of this conversation that, that needs more visibility. Well, one <laughs> self, self. I did it. Yeah, oh, yeah. America. Well, I agree yeah. with them. I'll tell you. Um, so I guess, and I do want to. I'm aware that a robot wasted all of our time. Um, so I just want to ask one more question, and then I think, timing-wise, uh, actually shift it uh, toward the folks who sat through that so patiently. Um, not us. That. Yeah. Um, and the, the question that I that I also have to ask and like, like, I wonder if you I'm just I'm just guessing. I wonder if you might have like a special I wonder if you might be part of the generation that I'm about to talk about. Um, but I think, you know, another thing when we talk about uh, like behind the scenes, how television is made and why some of these things are happening. Like it's, it's all well and good for us up here to have like a social justice focus on it and to care about it personally and to have an artistic mission. And I think that's really important. Like we should never lose that. We are artists. I also think that it's important to share with folks who maybe um, don't live in Los Angeles or work in the industry that something else that's true is like, you know, the demographics for who watches television and who goes to see movies or who goes to see live performance, like who, ha- who has the time um, is, is always a younger set of, of folks. And so I also think when we talk about this, like there's a way in which you can look at capitalism very cynically, which is like that it drives our, our culture and um, harms us. There are ways that we can, if we want to, use it for our purposes in that like younger folks are who goes out to see things or who tunes in to watch television. That's a group of people that are being raised in like a slightly different version of our country where folks are more connected through social media. And you can, if you choose to, you know, break the bubble of your own community and learn. And so like, I think we're talking about a generation of folks that are coming into things that, that might be open to watching a show with like, LGBTQ characters and they're not that, you know, or that um, can look at a non-binary character and and feel relation there or can see, uh, can like move past their own race to connect with somebody on screen. And so it's really important to everybody in here to say like, you know, go and support the movies and shows that already have this happening because your money is really what makes the change. Like that's, you know, it's all like, we can all be loving and um, poetic in here and we should be. But then when we go out onto the streets, we should spend our money uh, the way that we want change to happen. And I think that's also like, because I feel like, how old are you? 
I'm 24. Yeah, exactly. I'm 36. So I'm not, a baby. Yeah. I, someone asked me the other day if I was 14. <laughs> and I said, Well, I was never going to say your pain. Yeah, yeah. Right? I said, like, Do you think a 14, like, I'm not 14. <laughs> I was just saying, You are the most together 14 year old. Because <laughs> earlier you were like, I pay my rent. And now I'm like, Wow. wow. <laughs> like, how did you get a lease? <laughs> Um, this is literally like a scene from Younger. Let's be <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm I, not I, asking you to speak for your generation at all, but yeah. we are like, you know, we were raised in a different time. So what what is your thoughts on so what wait, I'm saying? So wait, are you Z then? Or, uh, no, uh, I, I'm you 93, a so I think... Firmly a millennial. Yeah. I think still a millennial. All right, cool. Come um, on, millennials, come uh, on. Hey, oh I'm on the cusp. Okay, 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 okay. Hey, hey, okay yeah, 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 yeah. I had a landline and also AOL, so well, okay. I'm, I'm hooked on just barely on the back of the truck. So... So I grew up in a very small town in Australia, um, and, you know, I grew up in the 90s, but this was pre-internet, and I remember when my best friend's dad got his a, a mobile phone. What do you call them? Cell phones here? I don't know what you're doing, America. Um, but I remember the first Neither time do we. seeing one. <laughs> yeah, right? But I remember the first time I saw one, and it was a big suitcase. And he brought it home. We were all like, Oh my God. And then they got a computer because, you know, it was, it was just me and my mom. So we were chilling. She didn't have a cell phone until I was like 10 or 11. Like, you know, it was, I feel like I grew up in a time that was slightly different to other people my age because of where I grew up, uh, you know, pre the internet. I still remember the dial tone. The like, you know, and, uh, also, the fact that I grew up in such a small town, I was the only black girl anywhere. The only black kids I saw were on Sesame Street, which is actually the reason I want to be an actress. Oh, <laughs> it is kind of cute, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I would watch it, and I, I asked my mom, I was like, "Where? What are those kids doing? Where are they?" She's like, "They're in New York. They're actresses." And I was like, "Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go do that." And everyone laughed me out of the room because they thought I was delirious, but. Uh, you know, it, it it meant a lot to me to see that. And now we have social media so we can connect in a whole new different way. Uh, but I, I think that that's why it's so important for us to expand our thinking. And I, I grew up in a very conservative town as well. So I, I didn't have people that I could talk to. I, I wasn't exposed to those things. The way I was exposed to them was through television and movies. And even though it's such a trivial thing, like it's just TV, but it's so important and it's been so important to me my whole life which was why when the bold type came up and I saw this character that was realizing her sexuality in a way that felt really true and genuine to me I was like I have to do this before that when I knew it was about three gals trying to make it in New York I was like no get this white feminism show out of my face <laughs> I was like I do not need it and and my reps argued with me they were like no 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 just read it meet with the producers please and I was like in the Ralph's parking lot like okay fine I'll read it and I'm so glad I did because I I think it's really special can I ask you a follow-up are you trying to get puppets for the bull type <laughs> yes yeah you show up in New York you're like where are the puppets Dude, I, I know they're here at the street. <laughs> Megan, who's on the show, she's like, I can take you to Sesame Street. I have an in, and I was like, let me go there. <laughs> have you been? 
I mean, no, no. Even. it's amazing. I have slept 10 hours in the past week. I have not had time to go to Sesame No, Street. I understand. But, but believe me, the first day I get off, I am going to Sesame Street. And I'm going to be like, what's up, Big Bird? You're a big part of my life. And then Big Bird will be like, what's up? Um, well... I, I feel like there's so there are so many more questions I feel like I could ask all of you, but I, I do want to because these folks, you know, made this huge effort and got here at noon. Great job! This for some reason feels early to me to arrive at an event. I'm very proud of you. Um, so I guess I just wanted to ask if there were some questions that folks in the audience had, um, and we'll try to I'll try to yeah we'll start here. <laughs> you I oh my god. Good gravy. <laughs> you take up that space opposite yes, robot. Um, oh my God, you don't have to start with me. It's okay. Yeah, no, you're great. Uh, yeah, please. I'm gonna, and first of all, I just want to say, number one, you did an amazing job. This is on me. I didn't say this. If we could try to keep the questions to one sentence, not you. Let me take the blame. <laughs> if we can try to keep questions to one sentence in future so that we can have as much time as possible for answers. Um, and then I will say, I, for me, um, these shows are already normative because, you know, when I look at my life, that's already my life. So I don't know if I am somebody who can answer your question. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't look at Roseanne and go, ah, my life. Um, I look at these shows and go, that's my life. So I, I'm curious as to, you know, what y'all, because we're all, we're, we all have different experiences. Like, what, what are folks' responses to your shows? Do people come up to you and say, this feels normative to me? Or, do, or are folks saying you're breaking a lot of boundaries? I mean, people say both things. Like, mm -hmm. specifically about Take My Wife, a lot of people are like, thanks for just making a show about an adult relationship that is a queer one. You know, because, like, there just isn't that on TV. And <clears throat> while I think that, Cameron, what you're saying, I think that's, like, the most valuable way to look at it because I don't know that it's ever going to be 100% we don't talk about this because it's normal. Because I think we were always going to be talking about it and we're always going to be addressing new things because we're all, it's a lot of people on this planet. So like I try to focus my energy not so much as like this needs to be normal as it's already normal for me. So I'm going to put that out there. Yeah. You know, like it, it comes from inside the house as opposed to, outside, you know, because yeah. like you just can't get everybody on the same page. And I think that when you can start to portray uh, universalities through these lenses of people that you don't get to see on TV as much, that's where you start to make uh, everything start to feel a little bit more normal, you know? And I think it has to go way past what we see on screens or on our phones too, right? I think that like everyone needs to be sharing their story right now. There's never been a more important time for, for just to, just to get stuff out. Just like start a blog, start an Instagram, start a YouTube, I don't know, whatever. Just like get your stories out because the more we hear, the more we see, the more we believe. Yeah, you know? I mean, we've, we've come a long way. For sure. For I mean, look sure. how much the industry's changed in the last six months with yes. Me Too and everything. Yes. Like it just is. But going. we have further to go. Of we have a long, long way Gosh, to go. And I'm just getting started. Here. Honestly, I feel like the, the thing that will help us go where we need to go is more people 
buying the shit that they want to see and more people behind the scenes as well because it's different when you have representation in front of the camera yes. and you're like this is our lgbtqai character and uh, uh we just have one and that's enough no, it's not enough. You need people in the writer's room. You need people uh, working at the studios and the networks and, and the, the casting the offices future. and the agencies everywhere. We need it across the board and we're moving there. But Yeah, I, I think that's such a good point. And really, and, and also, you know, you there's a loop in what you just said, which is that supporting queer or, you know, queer folks, folks of color, supporting the projects those people are already making is what's going to continue to like push those folks up the chain. And then, you know, what we can all do is hold the door open behind us and make sure that we're not the only one who gets through. Cause that's another thing that I think, you know, um, has happened in the past is like that there's been, you know, one person pops through and then it's like, there's so much to deal with, uh, because you're the only one up there that it's not, your focus isn't on like reaching back down and pulling folks up with you. And I think that we're in a place where we can kind of, focus on that a little bit more too which is really exciting oh yeah mm, yeah word um who else yes right here oh, it was a uh, the love bomb was a podcast that i had i am just not in love with the platform honestly um i there there are a couple tv versions that are in the works right now um that i can't really talk about quite yet but there will be a ton more material uh, coming out. Yeah. And thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, Rhea Butcher has a great podcast. <laughs> and then we have a podcast together and then I have a podcast. So I just mean like, yeah. Like we like, we'll take it from, you know what I mean? Like Please. we'll take it from here. Share the platform. Who else has a question? Yeah. In the, in the back. That's you right there. Yes. That is such a good question. Yeah. Um, I f you know, I will say that I know for myself, I know that I put myself in this position because um, I'm a stand-up comic prior to being a creator and like an actor. Um, so it was very much just like I didn't see my voice or hear my voice or um, I didn't see somebody that was saying what I wanted to say. So I put myself in this position and. For that reason, I'm kind of fine with being asked questions that I feel like sometimes people will be like, oh, what is it like answering all the lesbian questions or whatever? And I, I feel like I know what I chose, but I think that that might be different for folks who, um, you know, started as actors and maybe didn't know that they were going to get, ha have to answer like as themselves. You know, I don't, I don't know what that's like. Um, so yeah, I will say like, I know, I know what I signed up for and I'm kind of fine with it, even though it's lonely sometimes. That's why you have to marry someone that really understands what you're talking about. I'm just going to start real quick. Um, I, I realized very quickly in having this conversation the amount of privilege that I have, right? Being white, being straight passing, being cis passing, being like fitting very much so into this archetype of like the Hollywood leading man. And, it, and even playing Josh on TV like is a privilege, right? The world sees me in one way or another as this character but it makes my messaging outside of the show that much more digestible. And I realize that, and, and like it's, it's a responsibility moving forward. And it's, it's not just about where my voice fits in, it's about how I can actually share this platform and tell other people's stories. That's, that's my motivation moving forward. Does anyone else want to hop in? 
Um, I mean, you kind of nailed it because I didn't start acting, but I mean, it 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 is difficult because I mean, like, I can think about an experience in wardrobe that ended up being fine because I just brought all my own clothes eventually. But like, <laughs> I mean, it was straight up difficult to be like, I'm not wearing that, you know? Like, it it's um, I think a lot of Hollywood or industry is still trying to figure it because you know there's so many productions on so many different levels now which is really great because all these stories are stories are being told but sometimes the inclusion feels like inclusion for inclusion's sake kind of like Aja was saying and like that's just a lot of bumps you know and like I I guess the thing I try to keep in mind is when I'm on something and I'm trying to set clear boundaries of like what I will say, like the words that will come out of my mouth, even though I didn't write the script and I'm not technically allowed to make changes to it. I'm just like, but you don't understand I'm this person. And if I say this, people are going to be like, I can't believe that person said that, even if I have a character name. Like it, like these boundaries of like the fourth wall are being broken down because we have such, um, you know, it's not just you're in a magazine and a Hollywood, whatever. You're like, you have your Twitter and your Instagram and everything. And it, it's, uh, like Nico's saying, it's like it's all important what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're wearing. So anyway, my whole point is the thing that you have to keep in mind is like I'm doing this because the road is going to be slightly less bumpy for the person right behind me. You know, like you might not be able to directly affect it. I mean, I, I can't say anything other than what you've been said. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel the pressure of it all the time. I read a script and I'm like, okay. Like, let me make sure that we're making all the right points. Um, but uh, above all else, that we're telling a very specific story and we're telling one person's story. We can't tell everyone's story. You know, Kat's story is going to be different to someone else's. Um, but at least if we can be as specific as possible and as truthful as possible, if we can root it in a place where it's, for me, it's a love story, you know, it's about love, which is universal. I mean, no one here, we all know what it's like to be in love and how much it hurts when it goes away and how amazing it feels when it comes back, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel the pressure of it, but I also feel so privileged, so lucky to have that pressure because I could be chilling in Surfers Paradise in Australia for the rest of my life. Like, same billabong t-shirt. <laughs> Walking down to the beach, like that's what I could be doing. And I feel very lucky and fortunate to be here, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know what? I think that I think that you, Rhea, I think you all actually made up a, a great point that that I do want to say that answers this, which is that like you know I think part of it really is like honestly like straight up like putting your body um, as a almost like a stone that like you know you're stopping a part of the river. I mean like because I think about. Mm. Uh, you know, being like the first queer person that somebody's doing their makeup on, and I'm like, no pinks. <laughs> but I like the cheekbones carved out with bronzer. <laughs> um, or you know, I know that you know, like Rio was saying about clothing. Or I mean, I I definitely have heard you know a, a zillion stories about somebody who's like, I'm the first person on this show who is a black person, and so like the hair to the hair. What is this here? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, ooh. I get that all the time. This yeah. look of confusion. So you'll do this yourself, right? Yeah, yeah and then and I I'll, do. Yeah, um, and I'll just kind of, oh, what do you want me to spritz it? Um, but, you know, like, so I definitely think there's, that's, I think that's something that maybe is not talked about as as much as it could be, is just like the, you know, sort of like, yeah, like being the stone that's, that everything is pushing up against and that you're just kind of dealing with those 
and they're not they're not like microaggressions they're like they're like lack of knowledge yeah um i think that happens constantly what are other questions let's see let's see let's see let's see yeah over there yes like in terms yeah like in terms of being a non-binary person in that moment kind of yeah um I mean, it took me a while to like sort of make that decision publicly because I didn't want to be the non non-binary comic. I also didn't want to only be talking about that because um when that is like a thing, people like to talk to you about it. But then, you know, uh Cameron was very helpful in in deciding this that like, well, if I'm not talking about it, somebody else will be talking about it. And if I have good thoughts on it, then I should probably be talking about those thoughts. And so um, it's kind of similar to what we're talking about in the industry. It's like kind of, you know, your brand is you and your face. And um, it doesn't bother me to talk about it. You know, I'd rather be talking about it than not talking about it. Because I realized I was also just like going like, oh, don't talk about it. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is how they get you. This is, <laughs> this is how you got yourself all that time. You didn't talk about it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I should just, I should just be talking about it. Um, because there's there's so many versions of you that like maybe if you start talking about it the other people will and it won't just be you. So um who who else? Yes, this person. Woo. Yeah, and and I, let me just clarify that when I'm saying spending your money, I also want to be super sensitive to what everybody has going on. So it's not this is I'm not I'm not advocating a giant amount of um, <laughs> give everything. I mean, but like straight up, if you do have a lot of money, like we, I'm sure but, we but all have. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, Venmo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I what I what I meant by that is, um, you know, like making choices with your disposable income. So whatever that that is, if it's like ten bucks, you can buy take my wife on iTunes, and you should do that because then it affects the way that the, the folks that who actually make money on that, see uh, our show. Um, so there's that. And But let's talk about things you can do that are not money-focused. I think one of them is really just like openly talking about your fandom for a thing that other people are not reacting to. I mean, I can, I can think of a really good example on this that just happened this week, which is like Kelly Marie Tran, um, who was in Star Wars and played Rose, who's like so awesome in that, that movie, um, you know, getting a barrage of hate and then deleting all of her Instagram posts because like whatever toxic fandom is coming to be like, no, Star Wars never had weird horned in love stories. And I'm like, have you seen the Star Wars movies? Um, Cause that's kind of like the whole the point whole of them. Um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, no, I mean, uh, no more about your shit than you do. Um, but I think it's really like, you know, being the person, like when I saw that movie, I posted a photograph of Kelly Marie Tran and was like, I loved this character, you know? Or like um, when I went to see Black Panther, we we live in a really cool area of LA where you can go see, uh, there's this one theater where like they'll, they'll exhibit costumes from the movie. So like posting photographs of the costuming in that movie and being like, this looks fucking rad. Like I love this costuming and like, wow, I'm so excited about this. I really think like, when I think about the ways that I, you know, I'm just thinking about the ways I try to be an ally, a white person trying to say, like, I absolutely consume uh, content by creators of color. I absolutely relate to characters of color. Like, you know, just being open about that, I think, is one way that you can do what, 
what you're talking about. And I, that could be on social media. That could be like with friends. That could be, there's a lot of different ways we can do that. Um, but I'm open to other thoughts that folks have too. Well, yeah. And I think because of how you identify and where you fit in, right? As an ally who fits into straight spaces, um, use that power, right? Talk to the people that wouldn't usually consume this type of material because you're directly connected to them, you know? Celebrate it in the spaces that maybe other people aren't even like allowed in, you know what I mean? And like your family members who dislike any of us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. And I, but I also think it, like, it can, think it can be that. And I also think it can just be like, Cameron Esposito is my favorite stand up comic and yeah. you're a straight dude. Like, hey, you can just yeah, say that. Totally. And that, like, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be, like, you don't have to be saying that to your family member who <laughs> voted for Trump. <laughs> and then I want you to say at the end of that, what I, who I don't love, Rhea Butcher. <laughs> Terrible. Kind of derivative of Cameron Esposito. <laughs> Don't say any of that. But what I mean, I'm literally just using this as an example of like, I think that it, you know, it really, because the question you get all the time is like, oh, what's it like, what, what do you feel like being a, a gay comic? Like, I'm, I love it. I love being gay. I love it. But also like, wouldn't it be cool if like a, you know, like whatever straight white dude was just running around being like, this is my favorite comic. Do you know how many dates you will get? <laughs> People will think you are cool. <laughs> anyway, right. now on to my favorite comic, Rhea Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> But I do also think that just um, the language that you use is also really important when you're recommending this stuff. Like, I think uh, as allies in, in intersectional communities, when you're talking about things, you stop saying like, oh, this is my favorite black comic or this is my favorite woman comic. You just say like, these are my favorite comics. <laughs> and then you just you are presenting that to another person as like we were talking about, like universal neutral information. These are my favorites. And there's no qualifier other than these are my favorites. And so when you start to change your own language that way, it affects the way the person is receiving it, and then it affects their language, and then that is like little tiny changes that can, you know. Also, can I just say, the fact that you asked that question is part of it too. We all need to be open to learning. Learning something new that we didn't know yesterday. Then there's nothing wrong with that. You just celebrate it, and then you learn a little bit, right? That's why we watch this stuff. That's why we... We seek it out because we want to know more about the world and about other people and about ourselves, you know? Yeah, be curious always, you know? The second you're like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> There's an issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, I think that might be our time. And I do, yeah. Uh, Festival. Thank you guys so much for Hi. being here. Yeah. Um, we love it. I wanted to come up and say at the end of this that as how many of you have been to this festival before? Okay, this is Cameron and Rhea's first festival, and this is not acceptable at all. What happened earlier here today, and we want you to know that this festival stands behind all communities. Mm, thank you. And we uh, are proud to have this panel. We fight for panels like this. We fight for topics like this. And uh, it is not tolerated here. And we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, we're sorry. And thank you for being here. Can we thank them again thank for being you. here? And we hope that you will come back. And we hope that you are consider yourselves part of this family now. And that you, this love in here is what I want you to leave this place with.
Well, I mean, I'm going to go home and be like, what's Austin like? Everybody's a homophobic robot. <laughs> Can it we tweet is that? a whole city of homophobic robots, which is weird because you hear so much about the food, but it's like, how do they eat? Wait. Um, no, I, that was so evident, you know, the whole time. Really, I just want to say everybody in here had so much, like, genuine concern and, and, and wanted to jump in. And really, it's good that, again, it's really good that you didn't. Like, we really didn't need this to turn into just, like, robot melee breaks out. You know, like, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I thought that was very well handled by both all the folks at the festival. I really just didn't want anybody to put hands on somebody that isn't, like, insured to do so, so that there's not... We have great Some, insurance here, but right. still unacceptable. I don't know if Wait, you should never touch anyone you like unless you're invited. I mean, insurance. that's the thing. Um, but, I, you know, thank you uh, so much to all of you, mm -hmm. really. Like, that was a great job. And, um, you know, what a thing we shared together. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing about Robot Man. Um, robot whatever he is. Per they are. Meh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look, I am a firm believer that nothing in this universe happens by coincidence, right? There's a reason that they were here today for all of us to to have this experience together, right? And and this conversation on stage wouldn't exist without that. So like I meant it when I said we still love you when they were leaving and we do, right? I have a really different take on this. Um <laughs> I think that person okay. I think that person wasted all of our time and I'm angry about it. And I also think that's okay because that's especially totally when okay. you come from a marginalized community, I respect your I respect your um I respect the space that you occupy and I think that it's great for us to have different takes on this. Like I'm tired of people wasting my time, <laughs> wasting all of our time mm -hmm. and um I'm angry that that happened and I think that's okay too. Beautiful. So um Uh, but I don't, but I don't put the blame on anybody but that individual. And I think that's another thing that we can all do is just like kind of share, you know, whatever our responses are, whether it's like greeting the world with love or whether it's being like, I'm mad and, you know, I'm going to use that to like make more art or whatever we're doing with our lives. Um, I really enjoyed talking and meeting all of you. This was such a positive conversation. And thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you so much to ATX and to all of you. I can't wait to see what everybody on here does. Actually, do you mind just before we, if anybody here, and Nico, I want to definitely, can you mention your book again? And anybody else that has anything that you would want these folks to know about that they can yes, um, this, support? This is my book of poetry. It's called oh. All of It Is You. Um, I have a, a show uh, tomorrow night at the Native Hostel uh, uh, from 6.30 to 9. It's going to be a full two-hour poetry, sound bath, just night. So come and join. Yes. Uh-huh. It's going to be beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. So 6 to 9 tomorrow? 6.30 to 9. Yes. Tomorrow. At awesome. Native Hostel. Amazing. Rhea, do you have anything you want to um, well, bring I have up my, for these folks to support? I have my podcast, Three Swings, which you can listen to every week. It's about baseball, but it's also mostly just me talking. So if you're not into baseball, you can just listen to me talk about other things. Um, and then I'm also uh, writing on a TV show that I think you will like. That's all that I can say about it. Oh, sneaky. Uh, okay, uh, I have a show called Bold Type coming out. <laughs> I'm still so surprised that people watch it. <laughs> I really am. Um, but it, it, our second season premieres 
next Tuesday. I don't know what date that is because I don't know the day today. <laughs> Tuesday, yeah, the 12th, the 12th, Tuesday the 12th, it comes out, our two-hour thing. Uh, it's on Hulu right now. Um, but most of all, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for inviting me into this space. I feel very honored, uh, you know, as a cisgendered straight woman to be here. And um, thank you for being so welcoming to me. What a nice group of people. I also, I'm going to plug something that I have coming up on Monday, which is that um, I have been doing an hour of stand-up about sexual assault from a survivor's perspective. Me, Cameron Esposito, I'm the survivor. And um, I'm putting it out for free on my website. A um, bunch of people in Los Angeles donated their time, and we pulled off this wild thing where we like shot it and edited it and, and are putting it out um, in three weeks, all in for for the process of making the special, which is really amazing. But I've been working on it for a while, and I'm really excited about it. It is called Rape Jokes. Um, it is funny. It is transgressive. And for folks in the audience that are survivors, I mean, obviously make whatever choices feel good for you, but I will say there's nothing in it that is um, deliberately challenging or um, aggressive or descriptive. It's really kind of about how to live your life and how to understand the things that happen to us. And I'm really excited about it. Um, not only is it available for free, but you can also donate to own a copy of it. And the donation um, will be, we're gonna try to recoup our production costs, which were two grand all in, which is a really, un it's like basically the cost of renting cameras. And then once we recoup that, um, all money will go to Rain, which is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. So I'm very excited about this. And uh, yeah, you can just find it at CameronEsposito.com on Monday. And please tell like everybody that you know, because I'm trying to see if we can, uh, I don't know, you stand up in a different way. So let's, let's give that a shot. Thank you to all the panelists. And have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us around the TV campfire. Stay tuned each Thursday for live releases from the festival. In addition to bonus content and exclusive interviews, and new original series coming soon. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at ATX Festival and let us know what you think using our official hashtag, hashtag the TV Campfire. Please rate and subscribe to the TV Campfire on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Season 8 of ATX Festival will be June 6th through 9th, 2019. For more information on attending, visit www.atxfestival.com.